0: Welcome, this is Stuart Haynes here. If you are a frequent listener of the iFormerX podcast, you probably noticed that the introductory music was different than our usual tune, and that's because I'll be hosting a series of podcast episodes in conjunction with the American College of Clinical Pharmacies Ambulatory Care Practice and Research Network, or the PRN. And in this episode and in others in this series, the, the topics and questions were chosen by members of the Amcare PRN, and our panelists are members and leaders in the PRN. So our topic today is overcoming FOMO, keeping up with the primary literature in ambulatory care, and our guests today are doctors uh, Greg Castelli and Kate cozart Dr. Costelli is from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Dr. Cozart is from the Clarksville Community-Based Outpatient Clinic, or CBOC, with the Tennessee Valley VA Healthcare System. Greg, Kate, welcome to the iFormerX podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. So I wanted to get started by talking a little bit about some of the resources that you use as your go-to resources that help you keep up with the primary literature and some of the cutting edge stuff that impacts your practice. So Greg, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for the introduction. I think to add, so that everyone knows where my practice site is, I practice primarily with a bunch of family physicians in our family medicine residency program, so a lot of what I'll probably add are familiar to people that are also in the family med environment, but is certainly applicable to everyone across the AM care spectrum. So what I use to kind of keep up to date other than, you know, Stuart, your your great iForm Rx collaboration here is uh, in the family medicine world, we have uh, something called FPIN. FPIN is the Family Physicians Inquiry Network, and it's a collaboration from across the country of a lot of different family medicine residency programs that will review articles in a, in a timely way. They have a lot of different products that go into that. One of their new initiatives is this idea called the gem of the week, Um, and they basically will pick an article each week that will have a catchy kind of outcome and send that out in an email form. And then the other one that I wanted to highlight briefly was the daily poems that come out from Essential Evidence Plus. Um, Essential Evidence Plus is written by a group of evidence-based medicine physicians and pharmacists and so what they do is they take articles that are recently published, they will digest those for us and spit them out with kind of a bottom line recommendation, and so I eagerly anticipate getting those in my inbox every day to see what's going on in primary care.
2: Some of the things that I use the most um, are the New England Journal of Medicine and then some publications from some of our other resources. So one of the ones that I know is not quite as common um, is ASCP's Senior Care Pharmacist. And it uh, tends to have some great information for those of us that do have some geriatrics in our practice setting. And then I also really enjoy being a part of journal clubs and CEs with our learners. I think that When it comes to keeping up with the cutting edge information, the fact that we have multiple journal clubs every month from the various PGY1s and PGY2s is really helpful for me to help me see what might be on the front lines that I was not aware of yet. I also really love browsing the New England Journal's table of contents just to see what new things may be on the horizon for me in my practice.
0: So I imagine you all have a limited amount of money to spend on professional development. And I'm wondering if you could only pay for one resource, what resource, That a journal perhaps or an abstracting service or even a membership in something, what would that be? What would that be in order for you to kind of keep up?
2: So personally, for me, I think if I had to choose only one thing, it would be Um, My membership with ASHP, actually. So um, in addition to the amazing CE opportunities that you get, there also have been so many opportunities for connections that I've made there. Um, I work really, or I'm very involved with the section of pharmacy educators within ASHP. And so those connections have really been invaluable in helping me find new things that I wasn't aware of um so that I knew to go dig for more information.
1: Yeah and um you know I, I love my time in ACCP but just to kind of take the answer in a little bit of a different direction um the one go-to resource that I probably could not live without is Dynamed. Dynamed is a product that was actually created by a family physician several a uh, few decades ago. Um, He was finding that on rotations as a med student, he was learning all this really cool thing. And so he created a a Word document that had links to different places in his Word document and eventually decided to monetize that. And if you go to Donovan today, you will find a great, great resource for all things in medicine, especially primary care. One of the things I love about DynaMed is that it's not overly text heavy, like you may find in an up-to-date resource. It really gives you that quick review of articles and evidence. And if you're really trying to find the answer for what's going on with hypertension updates or whatever, you can go to that synopsis and it'll give you a quick rundown of the most recent publications, what they found, and and how to maybe apply those in your practice. Dynamed serves a lot of different functions. It can be a generator for new, you know, you can be alerted when new content's published. It's a good drug information resource as well. So I definitely would recommend you guys check out
0: Dynamed. So I know that trying to keep up with the literature, you can subscribe to a bunch of different things that give you alerts like Dynamed and others. And it can, uh, you know, kind of lead to an email fatigue because it's generating multiple alerts a week. And if you're subscribing to several of them, you're probably getting multiple alerts a day uh, from all these different sources. And I'm wondering how you deal with all that barrage of email. How do you kind of deal with email fatigue?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I, I've been fairly purposeful. I think early on in my career, I was subscribing to the BMJ and the Lancet and New England Journal and getting all of their um, their you know journal articles just kind of sent to my inbox. But um, what I've done since then is really trusted a source to compile that list of new articles for me. And the source that I use is Evidence Alerts. It's done by actually DynaMed in conjunction with a group of physicians from McMaster University. And what I love about evidence alerts is you can go into that website and set the topics that you want to be alerted to, how noteworthy the topic is and select how often you want to be alerted. So if you don't want to receive an email from them every day and want to just receive a collation every week or month, you can, you can go ahead and do that. It's a free resource to use. And I think it's a really wonderful thing to help kind of cut out a lot of the maybe extra emails you get and just get that, that kind of evidence and the new publications in one place.
2: That sounds like an excellent resource. I'm very excited to hear about that. Um, So there are a few other tips that have helped me a lot. So one is having my email set up so that things go straight to various inboxes, depending on the sender. That has helped me deal with the email fatigue quite a bit because then I can wait until I have set time and look at that specific inbox and see what new things have come through. I absolutely am uh, in agreement with unsubscribing to anything that is not helping. One of the ways that I have started combating email fatigue is closing my email for chunks of the day. I've started using the Pomodoro timer method where I close my inbox and I set a timer and I make sure that I'm working on whatever I need to work on without anything else popping up in the background. And then once I'm at a point where I've finished whatever task I was trying to get done, I check back on my email versus clicking as things come through every single time.
0: Yeah, those notifications can really disrupt your workflow. So yeah, absolutely. Turn off those notifications. And sometimes you need to just shut down your email client for a while just to get some work done. Well, I know both of you interact with uh, learners, students, and residents throughout the year. And I'm wondering what you use uh, with them to help them prepare for your rotation. What resources do you have available for students during the rotation and what do you encourage them to use as part of their experience with you?
2: So one thing that I have found that's extremely helpful is the fact that the VA does provide certain resources for everyone who is at a VA facility. So we all have access to -to up-to-date. We all have access to various things like the New England Journal of Medicine. I think that both of those, especially up-to-date, can be helpful because it can help point you toward the best primary literature. So you get that summation, but then also... A list of references, a list of links um, that you can kind of follow up and see where they came from. So I always encourage my learners to use those since we have them available. And then obviously guidelines are going to be very important. Um, and so I always have my students, especially before the rotation, try to familiarize themselves with ADA guidelines because diabetes is one of the biggest things that I do. And then as they come on board, I also point them in the direction of some of the more VA-specific guidelines that we try to incorporate into our clinical decision-making as well. One other resource that is always valuable is being able to be a part of presentations, whether they're via our residents or other programs. So if there's some kind of ASHP webinar, ACCP podcast, um, if we have a resident presenting on a certain topic, I always encourage my learners to hop in with me um, to those things so that they can have the same exposures that I get day to day.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I want to just emphasize that, you know, I I use a lot of the same resources just to kind of expand on the up-to-date discussion. I think it's a Really great platform, especially for students and people that are a little bit earlier on in their training. I typically try to guide my residents and and students to look at other resources like Essential Evidence Plus or Dynamed, because I think the way that the content is provided is just different. Up to date is really nice for those complex issues that you don't have a lot of experience with, but for those chronic conditions that we see all the time, you don't necessarily want to feel like you're reading a textbook. And sometimes up-to-date can feel like a textbook. Whereas I think some of these other products that were created in the family medicine world, like Dynamed and Essential Evidence Plus, can really just give you the quick hitter facts, give you the information, and you can go then and decide how you want to incorporate that into your practice. The other thing that I wanted to highlight is just the ACCP Ambulatory Care PRN does a lot of really nice work. Each year, they update the Amcare PRN Resource Guide. So this is a list of the the studies that are important for our learners to be able to kind of recall and and remember. Um, And and every few years, we publish a guide called the Pharmacist Survival Guide. And it does have some evidence tied into it, but it also has a lot of how to start things in your practice site or just get ideas of what other people are doing across the country. So definitely don't don't stray too far far away from the ambulatory care PRN because I think we have a lot of really great resources there too.
0: Well, I want to thank you both for joining me today on the podcast and our panelists for your insights because there's a lot of great resources that I think People may or may not be aware of that are out there to help them keep up to date on the primary literature, is, and also is a great resource to answer basic questions that may you may encounter in your practice. Um, if you're not already a member of the ACCP Ambulatory Care PRN, I encourage you to join. They have a very active listserv, they provide frequent continuing education programs, they have roundtable events, plus, tons of ambulatory care resources, which Dr. Castelli has already mentioned, and there are many benefits to membership in AACP's ambulatory care PRN. There's also opportunities to get grants and sponsorships and awards to the PRN, so it's really a terrific resource, and I encourage people to belong. Well, until next time, this is Stuart Haynes, Editor-in-Chief of iFormerX, signing off.